Thank you for joining us once again for our Easter Sunday service at the First Love Ministries with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Our organist today is Christine Smith with a guest pianist, Gary Fredrickson. Pastor Jonathan Warren will be preaching from Mark 16, 1 through 8. The sermon title today is Surprise Ending. Our handbell choir will be performing Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, for our special music offering this morning. Our first hymn is hymn number 246, Christ is Alive. Our last hymn, hymn number 268, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Our scripture reading comes to us from Mark chapter 16, and I'm going to share a little bit about this in my sermon, but if you notice in the footnotes. You always wonder, what are the footnotes here? And we are reading from verse 1 to 8, and then you'll notice later that folks added these other verses. So imagine that this is the whole story of Mark, and it finishes where we finish. Let us listen to the Word of God. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Endings really matter, don't they? I mean, when you read a good book or watch a great movie, the ending either makes it or breaks it. Today in our scripture reading, we're at the very end of the gospel. The women are going to the tomb to anoint Jesus' dead body, but when they get there, the stone is rolled away. Jesus is not there. And they're seized by terror and amazement, and they flee. It says, saying nothing to anyone, for they're afraid. That's it. Nothing more. Mark ends it by leaving the listener hanging, wondering, questioning. Now, the early church didn't really like Mark's abrupt ending, so scribes, much later, added a more complete ending 
as I said, you can look at those footnotes for verses 9 to 19. But what do we make of the ending Mark intended for his listeners, for us? Now, similarly, in Star Wars Episode 5, the Empire Strikes Back, the ending leaves you hanging. Remember that movie? It's the second one that ever came out, and Luke Skywalker has this epic one-on-one lightsaber duel with Darth Vader where he cuts off Luke's hand and he reveals that he's Luke's father. No! Luke cries, right? Luke jumps away, barely escaping the dark side, barely escaping death, and it ends with Luke getting a brand new artificial hand and Han Solo being rescued, and that's it. What an ending, right? If you want to create excitement and buzz for the next movie, that's how you do it. With an ending like that, the enemy ends with a win The heroes are nearly defeated, and it leaves the audience wondering, how is it going to end? In fact, this movie is only the halfway mark of the full story, which leaves the audience on the edge of their seat wanting more. And this is exactly what Mark does in this abrupt, crazy ending of his gospel. It's as though he leaves the story unfinished on purpose. He's leaving the audience wanting more and leaving the audience hanging and wondering and questioning, leaving the audience to finish the rest of the story. I love that the early church is nervous about this abrupt and unfinished ending, so worried that they end up writing a different ending altogether. They've just got to wrap it up, right? Maybe they're worried about whether our faith can handle it. Maybe they're worried about us having too many questions. It only says that Jesus is not here and that he's gone ahead of them. Was Jesus actually raised from the dead? Why do these women flee and not tell anyone anything? If they had faith, how could they be afraid? Was Jesus really alive? What happens Next, the truth is, I actually think the church can handle an ending like this. And the reason I know this is because our church family made it through this impossible punch-you-in-the-gut kind of year. And today, we are celebrating the resurrection of Christ together. Some are still wearing pajamas and no makeup, while others are wearing your Sunday best. Some are here in person, while others are worshiping online. Some are in town, while others are hundreds of miles away. And yet we're all gathered here together to celebrate a day filled with alleluias. There we go. (laughs) I knew you'd do it. Truthfully, most of us are a little worse for wear. The emotions that these women at Jesus' tomb share and expose are real. Remember, just a few days ago, they sat at the foot of the cross, watching Jesus suffer and die. 
And today, they're still raw with pain and confusion, filled with terror and amazement, and they're afraid. We've all felt those things this year. Some of us are still feeling those things. We've all experienced great loss and grief, so much so that we'll be unpacking it for years and years to come. This pandemic has revealed all kinds of things this year. We've seen racism and hatred exposed. We've experienced loss and angst and pain. In fact, the Gospel of Mark was written during a time of great difficulty. Christians were being persecuted, imprisoned, even martyred for their faith. Mark was writing to Christ's followers who were wondering, what do we do next? And Mark purposefully ends with a cliffhanger because he's leaving it up to his listeners to end up finishing the rest of the story. It's up to them, their faith. What will they do next? And similarly, as we face hardship and trials, our story becomes the second act. And it's in these hardest of times where we experience these raw and real emotions that I've seen our church family up to the task. They've raised up with faith. Sunday school teachers forced to pause leading their class instead made meals for those who were sick, lonely, struggling. A parent who gave up her job to keep her child safe taught from home and watched before her eyes, her child read for the first time. An entire community who couldn't gather with grieving families for a funeral, so they stood on the side of the road with signs or their hands in the shape of a heart. Paper hearts hung in windows to honor our first responders. Neighbors checking on neighbors. Worship leaders and church members working behind the scenes week after week to help our church family worship online. Maybe you've heard the whimsical news story about Dr. Laverne Wimberly. She's an 82-year-old woman who attends Metropolitan Baptist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and over the last year, she has been dressing to the nines every week, complete with a beautiful matching hat, attending online worship. Dr. Wimberly said, I wanted not only to keep myself motivated, but I wanted to help keep others motivated as well, to inspire them, encourage them, to eradicate some types and forms of depression, isolation, fear, and despair. Different outfit every week. It is this kind of attitude that says, this pandemic is not the end of our story, and that we're ready to carry on for the second act. 
We, along with the women this morning, come to this empty tomb and we hear the words, He is not here. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. We have experienced a year of sickness and death, of isolation and angst, of great loss and exhaustion. But we've also seen and experienced great courage and faith in the very hardest times of this year. And even with emotions still stirring raw and real, it is now up to us to see how this second act unfolds. For we discover that death and pandemic cannot keep Christ in that tomb. For racism and sin have no hold on Christ, for Christ is not dead, he is not here. Christ is alive and loose in the world, alleluia. And we, along with Christ's disciples, discover the surprise ending, and it includes each one of us. If you want to create excitement and buzz for the next act, that's how you do it, with an ending like this. Certainly, it seems like the enemy ends with a win and the heroes are nearly defeated, leaving us wondering how it's all going to end. But in fact, it's only the halfway mark of the full story, which leaves us on the edge of the seat wanting more, leaving us to finish the rest of this story in faith. And now, today, that curtain is about to rise for the second act to begin, and we've discovered, along with people like Dr. Wimberly and all those acts of faith in the midst of great difficulty, that the pandemic is not the end of our story. Death is not the end, for we have seen and heard the impossible happen today. Christ is not here. Alleluia. Christ is not dead. Alleluia. Christ is alive and loose in the world. Alleluia. And we have the chance to be part of the surprise ending. Alleluia. The second act certainly carries all kinds of emotions and feelings, but it's also filled with life and joy and love. But most of all, it's filled with hope. So today we all step out in faith. For the second act has begun. For Christ is alive, bringing us hope every hour and every day. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Alleluia. We invite you to join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Press Jacks community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. There is also a Lenten class on Thursdays at the same time and the same place. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone 
during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and click on the live link. In-person service starts at 10 a.m. Visitors and members are encouraged to come into the north door. A person will be there to take your temperature via your wrist or your forehead. We ask that masks be kept on while in the church building. If you found today's sermon inspiring or any other program available here at First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, useful, and would like to support our ministry, there are a few different options available. You can visit www.firstpresjax.org donate and make your contribution there, or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at first presjax.org That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G We pray you have a safe, healthy, and peaceful week. God bless.